0: Hello and welcome to BitParty, a show where we take minor details from popular movies and use them to create ideas for new movies that we then sell to Hollywood for $4 million. This week, Earth's mightiest heroes face off against James Spader and his army of robots. This is Avengers Age of Ultron. for Listening to Bit Party, my name is Brendan Cotta, my name is Jared Cotta, and I'm Marshall Cotta, and we're the Cotta brothers. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I don't remember how we intro this podcast. Yeah, it has it's been some been time, a little bit of time since our uh, last meeting, and uh, that's sad because yeah. we are great at podcasting and we had been, uh, you know, establishing some some real fans, Bren, making a lot of headway. But you know life gets in the way and it's not for no- nothing we have uh, been active and busy and before we get into anything about the movie or anything about what we've been watching lately I think this is a good time still at the beginning of 2020 to check in on everybody and uh, see what our lives are like we've taken uh, almost a month and a half off of our last from our last episode but things have been busy I'll start off if that's all right Yeah sure uh, in the, the month and a half since we last recorded, I was applying to law schools awesome. and hearing back. Uh, it turned out to be a much more time-consuming process than I thought. Mm. Uh-huh. They all required different essays and different questions. I had to make sure that I was giving myself the best chance of success with each individual school, of course. and that, that took some time. Yeah, that's good. Marshall, what about you? What have you been up to?
1: It's good to be back. During my break uh, from podcasting, I've been doing a lot of school. Uh, school's been occupying most of my time. Back in the music major, it's getting harder, but it remains fun, which is what counts. And I've been doing a lot of cooking, too, uh, when I'm home.
0: Nice. Yeah. Very nice. What, what's your signature dish?
1: Um, right now, I really like the uh, the grill that we have here at the house. It's amazing. Uh, so i like to uh, mostly chicken chicken is very forgiving on the grill i think it you know it's easy it's quick
0: nice yeah love that yeah it's good make yeah. a lot of chicken yeah. and you know i don't like how you're stealing my thunder <laughs> the cooking bro. uh-huh yeah is there, uh, the is there anything uh, any other hobby you've been trying that uh, maybe doesn't dip into jared's thing so much
1: well yeah i mean back to the music thing i i I don't think I've said on the podcast, but I'm majoring in music, emphasis in voice. My main instrument is piano, though. Uh, the cool thing is with my piano teacher now, he he's like, he, you know, you got the skill, so uh, whatever you want to learn, let's let's just do it. Bring stuff in. So I've been doing a lot of songs from plays and Disney movies and stuff like that. That's really really been fun and the arrangements that i've found are awesome
0: that's great that's, that's great, really cool great yeah. way to use your uh, your time and maybe maybe you'll end up uh playing a little ditty for us at some point and we'll put <laughs> it on the podcast totally. that'd be cool what uh, about you jared this this podcast is hands down the most time consuming for you so what have you been doing like, with your time since we haven't been able to, to podcast recently? Oh, well, I, I think that part of the reason that we've had to take some time off is probably because I haven't been able to dedicate <laughs> the attention to editing and getting everybody on track and doing the recordings and everything like that. And, and a lot of that is because I recently moved into a new position at, at work. I got promoted to a director. Wow, And I am now in the Office of Marketing and Communications, which I think is very fitting because <laughs> I've always been a great communicator wow. <laughs> for three whole seasons. <laughs> so it, w- it was a really great opportunity, but it has uh, taken a lot of my time because there's obviously anytime there's something new, there's a learning curve. Sure. Mm-hmm. It has required a little bit more attention from me. I think that now that I am learning a little bit more on the job, I feel like I can get back to you know my real work yeah yeah. (laughs) in the podcast studio (laughs) Mm -hmm. nice just in time for us to have a season break yeah and that that's also something I'm looking forward to because it's a good time to kind of gather oneself because we've been work we worked really hard on season three uh which is a part of the reason why I was disappointed that we took so long to get this last episode out and by the way this is the last episode of season three (laughs) um (laughs) You know, because we, we we had some pretty good momentum, but as as what always kind of happens towards the end, as we decide that we want to do like a holidays episode, and we want to do this, and we want to do that, uh, and we wait a little bit long to get them recorded, and sometimes then it takes me a little bit a long kind of a long time to edit it. So, I I think that we take a break, but start working already on season four. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but we're <laughs> hoping to come back for season four peeling Uh, back the curtain with that first i want to introduce the movie and then i want to hear what pop culture you all have been binging so marshall can you announce to us the movie we watched
1: for season three's finale we watched the avengers age of ultron
0: Yeah, our our season finales are always Marvel movies. We have plenty to go through and they're a lot of fun. And it's just a nice way to close out the uh, season three. Brendan, what have you been watching lately when we were uh, taking some time off? Uh, Anything good? Oh, yeah. Oh, something very good. In honor of a Disney franchise, I wanted to talk about having watched Disney's biggest hit show on their new streaming platform, uh, The Mandalorian. Oh god. It's mm-hmm. so good. So good. if you haven't watched it. You could go back to the last episode and find my feelings on the mm. latest Star Wars movie, but I never lost faith in Disney's ability to do something with this property. Mm-hmm. And what they did with The Mandalorian was so far beyond my expectations. It's like the the characters are incredible. The baby Yoda is Truly the cultural phenomenon that it deserved to be. It's, it's a powerhouse Yeah, for Disney to just throw at us with their first series. It's like a Western that constantly changes genres in space with this very likable... But mysterious. Yeah. Protagonist who's able to gain affection without ever showing any facial expressions. It's fantastic. Jared, we watched it together. What did, yeah. you, what did you think? I mm-hmm. thought that it was so good. Every single episode was unique. Um, it was engaging. It obviously, like you said, it had great characters and great chemistry between the characters. I do think that it was a, a powerful showing for the first Disney Plus original series. Um I, I absolutely loved it. That whole Western style that it brought but in space mm-hmm. is such a cool subgenre. I yeah. Yeah, there's so much they can do with it from here. Marshall, what have you been watching? For the last month and
1: a half, I got to be honest, I wasn't that adventurous uh, diving into new things until very recently. Um, I started watching the uh, Hulu series Lego Masters.
0: Ooh, you're a big game show fan. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I
1: like the the, uh, sort of competitive nature of these shows. I think for the my main reason for that, I think it's just because when when you put them in that kind of an environment, it really shows like what they're capable of. Pretty cool. Pretty cool.
2: Wow. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Very cool. I watched a show right after we stopped recording for a little while. I started watching a show called Daybreak. I've actually heard really good things about Daybreak. Uh, yeah, it was okay. I I liked it for for a while, but I thought that eventually it started to get repetitive. Just for context, it is a post-apocalyptic genre TV show um, mixed a little bit in with like mutant zombies. But the caveat is that the bomb that went off that destroyed the world, it only had a negative impact on the adults. And so anybody under the age of like 21 is still alive. Oh, oh, interesting. and And so now they're running society. It had a great cast. It had Matthew Broderick as uh, one of the, the lead characters. But like I said, towards the end, it got a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, left on a cliffhanger that I felt was a little drab. But the best thing is, even though it left on that cliffhanger, they didn't get renewed. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know they didn't get renewed. So the best part is, it just like it ends on that just like <laughs> shitty thing that happened. I love when properties do that when they like call their shot and then (laughs) airball. That's too bad. It seemed like the universe had a lot of potential in daybreak. I agree. I thought that the universe had a a great deal of potential. Uh, the characters were okay, although they were a little bit cookie-cutter. I mean there is like the the rebellious young genius. There is like the sexual minority that is also usually a racial minority i see yeah, uh, yeah the the point is obviously inclusion which is awesome but i sometimes feel like netflix uses that as the character's personality i see like yeah. oh this is a complex character they're gay yeah so, oh yeah okay well but do they have other you know, the writing is not necessarily as as strong as it could be sure uh, i liked it okay but it is still like i said funny it's not coming back Daybreak yeah. is done. So the w- first season is okay if you check it out. If you're a huge Matthew Broderick fan especially, then I recommend it, but um, you know, just so you know. <laughs> Don't get too invested. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what you can get invested in? You can put all your damn money on the Avengers. Oh, yeah. That's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere, and it's just getting better and better, and that is an incredible property for Disney. They are freaking awesome. Uh, all of these movies, in my opinion, are freaking awesome. And this one, I will say, slightly less awesome, which is why I really encouraged us to uh, get a little deeper dive into Age of Ultron. Nice. Yeah. Start off on like the lowest note, work our way up from there. I wanted to try to make something out of the sort of forgotten Avengers. That totally makes sense. And it was still a good movie. I don't know what you guys thought, but I was still entertained by it. Yeah, I think that that we could talk a little bit more about our our general opinion of it uh, after the the synopsis. But um, definitely, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like this movie.
1: I saw this one out of order. I watched Infinity War first just because I I wanted to see it. It was the most recent one and uh, really enjoyed that one. And then um, saw this
0: one, which, you know, I also enjoyed. So we open on the fictional Eastern European country of Sokovia and the avengers right now made up of uh, iron man, captain america, thor, hulk, black widow and hawkeye are raiding a hydra facility and you'll remember mm-hmm. that hydra for a while is the main villain for uh, for the marvel universe. Yeah, yeah. This is a cool part. I could have watched a few movies or like an animated series of them breaking into like heavily guarded complexes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a very action-packed scene. It's yeah. really cool. Um, I thought that this movie among other good things they do a great job at the fight scenes. I agree. Yeah. So anyways they're trying to retrieve Loki's scepter because it keeps falling into the wrong hands obviously. <laughs> it is during this fight that they wind up uh, encountering these two twins Pietro and Wanda Maximoff and you'll know Wanda eventually turns into Scarlet Witch. Yes, yeah. But at this time and by the way they are they are X-Men. They're Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch? Yes, they are. Yeah, those yeah. are the same. No, but yeah, no. and in the X-Men universe, I believe they're supposed to be um, Magneto's children. Oh yeah, hmm. that's actually true. Anyways, they have uh, obviously special abilities. And uh, as Tony Stark retrieves Loki's scepter, Wanda sends him an, a vision uh, that depicts the the world crumbling and him failing to, uh, to save his friends and his universe. Uh, and that kind of gets the ball rolling on things that happen for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it, sh- it shakes him. It shakes him a lot. But remember, they have uh, the scepter and they have the the Mind Stone, which is embedded in Loki's scepter. And what Stark does, because he's shook by this, uh, this vision, is he takes to developing an AI system that can defend the world. And what he wants to do is he wants to pair his uh, computer program, Jarvis, with uh, Ultron which is his global defense program. Yeah, That's what he's named it. Yeah. Uh, making a world where they no longer need the Avengers. Yeah, that's right. It's his plan. His plan is to retire. So he's created this AI, but the AI has a little bit of an ego problem and is also voiced by the very talented James Spader. <laughs> yeah. He programmed Robert yeah. California. <laughs> and then Robert California goes bad on him. It is that classic story of you programmed it to save the world, but inevitably the AI discovers that it's man that destroys man. Yeah. So it's solution is kill everyone. Ultron is now on the loose and he has recruited the Maximoff twins. Mm -hmm. uh, And they, they really kind of hate Tony Stark for various reasons. And he has taken the, uh, the, the scepter and the mind stone. And what he's done is he's brought it to johannesburg south africa where he's met up with an arms dealer ulysses claw and a lot of people will know ulysses claw for his very famous role in the first black panther yep it's the same guy pretty cool so he's got a bunch of vibranium another thing that comes in in this movie his i had forgotten his part entirely when i had seen age of ultron and so it was cool to now having seen black panther see him appear in this yeah so the Avengers come in and they attack Ultron because he's there at this uh, at this villain base. <laughs> it can only be described as a secret lair. Yeah, in this very cool fight area. It's very cool. It's a bunch of uh, uh, ships that have been retired. Yep. Uh, so it's tetanus, <laughs> but also a great place to run an arms racket. And so what happens, though, is when they attack, remember Wanda has this uh, mind power, which... I don't know if she uses that much in in other movies. Definitely, for how effective it was against the Avengers, maybe not as much as she should have. Probably not. Anyways, she does her mind trick on all the Avengers, and everybody's really shook. They see these terrible visions, but the worst thing is that when she gets the Hulk, he goes on a rampage through uh, the neighboring uh, villages and towns. This is probably one of the biggest body counts that the Avengers rack up. In all of their movies, not Definitely. just the villains, but also of civilians. That's true. They they go out of their way to make sure that they ha- the public has a reason to not trust the Avengers. And so the Avengers are are a little bit off their uh, off their game at this point. They've all had these fever dreams that depict them losing fights or being the reason that the world is destroyed or yep. missing loved ones and and they're all kind of questioning their uh their capabilities plus what with the Hulk having gone on a rampage they are kind of wanted criminals in some way uh although nothing ends up happening with that until uh civil war yes yeah we end up cutting to uh seoul south korea and Ultron has brought Loki's scepter to Dr. Helen Cho. And Dr. Helen Cho is a specialist in human regeneration. Mm-hmm. She uses her technology, which is basically the same technology that is in the fifth element, <laughs> to build a body for Ultron. Yes, yeah. So, so she has the, the regeneration chamber. It might even be named the same thing. The regeneration chamber. The sex chamber. pod from the fifth <laughs> element. Yeah, they use it to yeah. have sex in, but it also heals people. Anyway, so she has created this human form for uh, Ultron, but it doesn't it ha- he hasn't uploaded his consciousness into it quite yet. Yeah. So the mission becomes to ensure that Ultron does not get into that body. Yeah, because that thing's made of vibranium. That's like also once true. he gets in, that's everything's right. fucked. Yeah. Exactly. That's also true. It the plan goes pretty well and they are able to retrieve the body but Ultron captures Black Widow. Yes, so they yeah. have kind of a stalemate here. Well, what happens is Tony Stark wants to upload Jarvis into Ultron's body right? yeah. that he cre- that Ultron created. Yeah. Because surprise surprise even though Jarvis was apparently killed at the beginning, he's back now. Classic yes. bait and switch. And even though he wasn't the program designed to protect the world, he does have For whatever reason, just a general sense of like humanity and less of a bloodlust. He's a good AI. He's the good AI. Yeah, he's a little more human. And now putting him into this body will make him pretty human. Pretty (laughs) human enough for Wanda to date. Yeah. And he also gets the benefit of the Mind Stone being implanted in his forehead. Oh, yeah, uh, that's true. him a great deal of power. Between the vibranium body and a literal infinity stone, they should have this thing wrapped up. Yeah, but Ultron has been operating in the background. His real plan was Mm -hmm. not to put himself into a vibranium superbody. It was to create a meteor Mm -hmm. that will destroy the Earth and bring about extinction of the human race. He was built so that the Avengers could retire. He wanted to force humans to evolve to a point where he could retire and he thought the best way to do that was to kill off all the weak ones. Oh, wow. I see. It okay. was my understanding. Of I, it. Thought that he, I thought that his whole preface was the biggest threat to the human race is the human race and so I need to kill off these people so I can di- disassemble societies that are attacking each other. But I, I mean, I think that both are true in a way. Yeah. But I, I see what you're saying. Anyway, so his his idea is to create a meteor. Uh, unfortunately, that meteor is right under Sokovia. The, I guess it's I, let's just call it the capital of Sokovia. It's yeah, yeah. It's made of the capital of Sokovia. He wants to. He goes back to the original Hydra base, which I guess already has a uh, wide infrastructure underneath the city, <laughs> conveniently. And he uses the vibranium to uh, to hold it together as he lifts it up. There's a bunch of, you know, it's not really yeah. explained how he does this, but yeah, what's important for everyone, all of our listeners to know and to remember is that the city of Sokovia is lifting up into the sky. After it gets to a certain point, he'll cut the anti-gravity, uh, and the thrusters. And it will plummet back down to Earth, and it will annihilate everybody. Yes, yeah. Giving the Avengers kind of a clock, because the higher right. it gets, the bigger the body count. And and that's another thing, is that even if it drops from a certain height, it's probably going to kill a, not, a lot of people. Or, and this is the approach that they take, they have to evacuate everybody out of the city, mm-hmm. which is probably yeah. impossible. And, <laughs> we know that, and we end up knowing it is. And then they will detonate the meteor before it is in... Uh, it, it it hits the earth. Yeah, it, it's yeah. also a big callback to Armageddon. It is, huh? Yeah, it kind of is. So we're, we're we're adding a lot of movie themes to this. <laughs> it's got a little, it's got a little Fifth Element. It's got a little Armageddon. It was already taking the bit party approach to movie creation. <laughs> Everybody is uh, fighting Ultron, and in the process, uh, Ultron captures the the Quinjet. And at one point, Hawkeye, who you will all remember, is very mortal compared to the other uh, uh, Avengers. He sees a young boy who's trapped under some rubble uh, and his mother is calling to him. So he runs out. He grabs the the child. All of a sudden, Ultron's coming towards him with the jet. He's going to shoot him. Mm -hmm. And uh, Quicksilver jumps, pushes him out of the way. It pushes a bus in front of them. Oh, right? he pushes. The, I think he. I thought he shoved him in front of the butt, like behind the butt. Oh, that makes it. Yeah, that's possible. E- either way, whatever. The uh, Quicksilver saves Hawkeye at the expense of his own life. And he gets riddled with bullets and is absolutely destroyed. Uh, and it is at that point that Wanda can sense her twin dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also at that point that Hulk jumps into the Quinjet, throws Ultron out. Yeah, there's a battle between. Ultron and Wanda uh, in which she pulls out his metal heart but at the same time she has become distracted with this main form of the robot and forgetting that he can control all of the robots that are attacking the city one of them hits the detonator starts the city starts to plummet uh, and, but Tony Stark and Thor are there to, uh, to detonate the whole city it explodes hopefully everybody was off yeah yeah fingers Uh, crossed and uh they have saved the world i I will say though that at this point hulk who's still very depressed about what he did in south africa Mm -hmm. decides to turn off the comm on the quinjet and rides it off into space to his death that was pretty cool yeah (laughs) to go to go meet jeff goldblum that's true as we would all do so yeah that's how it closes up it's a It's one of the less memorable Avengers, but one thing I wanted to get into is that it is the crossroads to the rest of uh, Generation 3. If anything, you should see this as more a build-up to Avengers Civil War than anything. In a lot of ways, yes. I mean, it sets up Avengers Civil War because we will remember that the main villain's family was Mm -hmm. killed in Sokovia. Yep. It sets up a lot of the aspects of Ragnarok because Thor has to return to Asgard mm-hmm. and also Hulk ends up on Sakaar. And it kind of plays with the relationship, the straining of the relationship between Captain America and Iron Man. Yes, absolutely. It definitely does. And it is the it is kind of... Oh, and of course it, it sets up uh, Wakanda and uh, the main villain there and the idea of vibranium being this ultimate material. So really, if you had seen... Age of Ultron, a lot of the things that happen in the next movies are big callbacks to this specific movie alone. And that was one of the things that you really liked about it, right? Yeah, I did. I had forgotten that so much of what happens... I think, because this isn't necessarily the most memorable film, but less so than Ragnarok, Black Panther, Civil War, and the last two Avengers. Yes, yeah. But so much happens in this movie that sets up those... Yes. You could see that they're still trying to get their legs under them. The big question when the first Avengers left theaters was what's going to happen next with this incredible team. What we got was a movie with a lot of the same action and same personality, but no real direction. And I think Joss Whedon did an incredible job with his time with the Avengers. Mm -hmm. But you could see why they handed the reins over to the Russo brothers. Yeah, I agree, and, and that makes a, that's a point that we wanted to make, is that this was Joss Whedon's last Marvel movie, right? Yes. I believe it was his last Marvel movie. Yes, the Russos had made Captain America... Winter Winters, Soldier. Winter Soldier, thank you. And then they made Civil War, and it must have just been that, that Disney was so impressed with their work on Civil War that they gave them the reins for the rest of the series. Marshall, what was a, a memorable part for you or what, what was maybe your favorite part of this uh, this Avengers? Just the uh, uh, long and, and dramatic battle scene that you, know,
1: you kind of see in all the Avengers movies with all the slow motion and, and stuff like uh-huh. that.
0: Yeah, that is one thing that Joss Whedon does really well, which is knowing how to use all of the different Avengers mm-hmm. and their talents in a fight scene. Brennan, what was something that stood out to you about Avengers Age of Ultron? even though it wasn't my favorite of the Marvel movies, I liked their use of setting because I don't even think they knew exactly how big it was going to get from here. And so what they wanted to do was just a big, fun action thriller. And a lot of the places they ended up looked like levels from like the Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. uh, GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. They, had such, they did such a good job of taking interesting characters and said, okay, now what happens if they fight on this abandoned barge mm. or if they invade this snowy fortress or if they are just in this big city landscape and have to take on uh, robots that are coming from all these different directions that was a highlight of the movie for me okay let's jump into our bit parts now what are the bit parts in this movie age of ultron that stole your hearts marshall how about how about we start with you yeah,
1: I'll go first. My bit part, guys, is the kid that Hawkeye saved, uh, Castell. So it's in Sokovia when everything has kind of mellowed out, kind of everything's trying to come back to normal. There's sort of a you know refugee camp going on. And so I think Castell is going to be there. He's going to be a hero in a way. Um, no special powers or anything like that. Almost like a, almost like a Tony Stark, where you know he doesn't have powers of his own, but he uses what he has around him to make make the world better.
0: So you're kind of creating a like almost a new Marvel character in a way, like a new hero. Now is this gonna be way in the future, or is he still gonna be a young kid as a hero? And I don't think there's a th- wrong answer to this. I mean, you know, this is superhero world; they can be as old. Yes. Yeah. As.
1: yeah. In my mind, I don't, think, I don't think much time has passed.
0: Okay. That makes sense. If he's going to For be the, yeah. the hero of the Sokovia refugee camp, it makes sense that it's in the months following, months and years following the Sokovia event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good character, Marshall. I could pick it up on that one. Yeah, I noticed him too. I thought he was, he was interesting. Just like something has to happen with that character considering he was saved by an Avenger and caused the death of a different Avenger. All nice. right, that's good. Brendan, what are you uh, pitching for us today? The character that, that I really liked, and one that I was frankly pretty surprised to see in this movie, was Ulysses Claw. Oh, yeah, that was good. Ulysses Claw mm. is one of the main villains of the Black Panther movie. And that was the first time I thought I had seen him. Mm-hmm. But before then, he is just an arms dealer at this abandoned shipyard in South Africa. Ultron visits him to uh, buy his supply of vibranium. The story that I thought of for Claw, uh essentially boils down to a heist movie, where it's the story of him going into Wakanda, stealing the vibranium, and escaping with no more than just a brand that marks him as a thief in the country of Wakanda. Yeah, that would be uh, really cool. A little bit of a prequel to both Age of Ultron and to Black Panther, uh, because his story becomes a little bit more clear in the Black Panther movie, uh, where you also learn that it was uh, kind of a big attack that it resulted in some of the citizens losing their lives, and he being one of the few individuals outside of Wakanda to ever see the in- inside of it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's I can't remember whether or not he escaped or whether or not they they were merciful with him. Although he it does it is revealed how many people he killed, so. It would be maybe interesting if the movie uh, shows how he got back out into the world and ended up on that boat uh, when Ultron uh, visited him. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you. My movie is about Dr. Cho. Okay. And you'll remember Dr. Cho as the scientist that has created the body rejuvenation technology. Yeah. Like I said, very similar to what we see in the fifth element, although repurposed for Disney. <laughs> and mm-hmm. what I, my idea for her is that she is experimenting, it's after the events of Age of Ultron, she is experimenting with some new bioregeneration technology, and she decides to work on uh, like a cadaver. Because that's what's like available. She's not going to like injure her own people just so she can like work on this new process. Sure. So what she wants to do is she wants to embed some technology that will allow it to rejuvenate during the, the process. Well, unfortunately, she gets distracted. Something happens. Her metrics are off. And she creates a supervillain that has kind of restorative powers similar to Deadpool and Wolverine, but is like a zombie mentality. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like a brought back from the dead. She didn't realize that the cadaver had... It, think of it also in like a, a vein of Frankenstein, where uh, she, where she's brought back something that shouldn't have been brought back. Interesting. But it's, a, it's on accident, unlike Frank, Dr. Frankenstein. Anyways, so it's going to attack New York. And while Spider-Man is away, maybe with the Avengers or maybe in Europe, it's up to what I will call the Netflix of uh, Marvel <laughs> Avengers or the Netflix team of uh, Marvel superheroes. That's going to be like your Iron Fist and uh, your uh, Daredevil and Luke Cage to battle this uh, regenerating zombie creature. That I was wondering who you're going to get for the heroes for that movie. I, th- I really like Thank that one a lot. My only potential issue with it is it sounds a little bit similar to the plot of Age of Ultron, that she like was messing around with these things that uh, she didn't understand, and it went haywire. She created a uh, a Frankenstein's monster that ended up backfiring. And I think that my problem mm-hmm. with yours is that you're stupid, <laughs> and me. Well, that's fair. I mean, I think it's good. Yeah. That is one thing the MCU <laughs> is missing: is zombies. Yeah. <laughs> No, I appreciate your (laughs) constructive criticism, Brendan. Actually, what I'm thinking is, and I don't know how Marshall feels, I kind of like yours because I feel like people are really ready for more Black Panther, much more so than they're ready for more Daredevil and Iron Fist. If we're going to be true to form and we're going to pitch a movie, for me, Black Panther is the blockbuster. That we're going for marshall what what do you think are you uh are you in uh, with that one or do you want to i don't know vote somewhere else i'm i'm in with that one i
1: think that's going to be a better one to follow up
0: well i appreciate that thank you i i i'm happy with this one but i'm excited to see your guys' input because really all i have going in is heist movie and that's really all you need that's all really, yeah <laughs> but you know that that makes it easier Boom. that's that's a subclass genre that we pitch kind of similar to The Hero's Tale. Yeah, oh, that's true. You know, I mean, what's fun about the heist movies when you boil it down is that it's they're almost all the same and then it goes and splinters at the very end. It's either successful and they get away watching the explosion in the background and they're chuckling, smiling to themselves even though you thought they were going to get captured or it goes awry and everybody dies or, like, they get nothing. What's kind of cool about what we already know going into this pitch is that it's a little bit of both. True. Yeah. You know, yeah. He has to be captured. Things go awry. He gets captured. He gets away. He gets a vibranium, you know, like we already know how that, how it ends in some way, but it's going to be kind of fun to see where it goes in the, in that, at that branching point and mm-hmm. then ends back in the middle. Uh, so, so let's go, let's do it. We're going to pitch uh the, Ulysses S. Claw adventure. <laughs> Brendan, would you say that your movie is going to be very similar to Joker? Oh God, I hope not. Because <laughs> <laughs> now the standard for every villain-focused film is, uh-huh. is, is that. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what you go for. And I think that we can have some sympathy, but a movie entirely based on us sympathizing with Claw doesn't really interest me. Yes, you that know, bad. I could still feel bad for uh, Thanos losing his whole planet, but I don't have to agree with him or not want to see him get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. So, are, do we want to see the shit kicked out of Claw? I think so. Okay. He's so slimy in the movies. Pitch me the beginning of this film. Paint a picture for me. My vision of the beginning of this movie is showing Claw getting a start with his life of crime. Maybe he he set himself apart by being the craziest person in that area. Okay, I like that you've given me a little bit of the background, but what I really want is the pitch me the scene. I I need to visualize what I'm looking at when the movie opens up to set set the, the stage. Okay, I like that. We open up on a young claw running through this crowded street in South Africa. Okay. He's being chased by... Bigger boys um, who are yelling things at him and clearly trying to to fight him, and he's smaller. Even in the movies, he's a little bit shorter. So I think that we we paint him as the bullied kid in this uh, bad area early on. Yes, early in the, on in, the, in these mm-hmm. slums, so like the dirt streets and yes, and kind of crowded. And I like that. Okay, where I'm gonna take this turn is. They catch up to him, they, like, they are starting to push him around, and then they get broken up, and the kids get carted away, because it turns out something was found, like, a stolen item was found on one of the kids, Mm -hmm. like, the main bully. That was actually stolen by Claw, and it was used as a distraction for something else that he had taken. Ah, okay. So, showing he's starting out in the thieving business pretty early, and he is good at getting rid of competition and painting himself as the victim uh okay yeah i like that okay cool so (laughs) he gives a little bit of a touch of how how kind of crazy he is so at that point i think we have to cut flash forward and maybe we drop in for a little bit on wakanda and we see i I see this movie happening sort of in this at the same exact time as when new york is attacked during the first avengers Okay. Yeah. yeah, so so what what's interesting about that time frame is it's before the King T'Chaka of Wakanda mm-hmm. dies. Okay. But at the same time, I think he's been training T'Challa how to become the Black Panther eventually. I and completely agree. He, and so he's already got the suit and everything. So we'll need to take a little bit of time to show the workouts that T'Challa and maybe his buddy played by... Daniel uh, Kaluuya, Wakabi, Uh they're doing their training together. And you'll remember that Wakabi is the one that trains and has the rhinoceros. Yes. Yeah. And so we we have that image, which is that one side. But then we go back to our main storyline, which is Claw planning the heist. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Marshall, can you think of like a way? Because I find trouble with him just deciding that he's going to invade Wakanda. Yeah, that's true. Without him uh, and, and look for vibranium when everybody thinks that it's a third world country. Yeah. Somebody has to tell him that differently.
1: So I'm thinking like maybe he's he's in some seedy bar like Cape Town or someplace. Nice. And there's a fight. There's a fight that breaks out. Okay. You know? guys are just going at it. And uh, one of them goes in for a punch and the guy ducks out of the way and, and he ends up hitting the wall instead. And this wall... This guy's wearing a pair of brass knuckles or like a ring or something made made out of this vibranium that when it hits the wall it sends out this vibration and he kind of senses
0: that. That's a really interesting, interesting idea. idea. The Could fact like that he can break like the wall down almost. Yeah, like destroys it in this really low end bar. Right. That's a cool idea. Very cool. So after he witnesses this, maybe he approaches these guys that are a little bit unsavory and he asks them like, what the hell? How did you do that? (laughs) Like, are you either, you're either like a superhero like the ones that I've seen on TV recently. Yes, yeah. 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 Or you have some kind of technology that me, an arms dealer wants. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, And I, I can see them being kind of like defectors from wakanda in some way they were like punished for being thieves themselves maybe they have brands themselves oh yeah similar to the one that he has in age of ultron and so uh, you know they strike up a conversation they start telling claw about the technology they were able to get out with Mm -hmm. um, and then how much more vibranium is left in wakanda i like that yeah i think it's a good idea And we could tie it further into the Avengers by saying that there's a huge demand among these arms dealers for more high-tech weaponry Uh because now we have actual proof that there are aliens that can and want to kill us. Not only that, but there are superheroes that villains want to (laughs) hunt and kill. Yeah, We have a really easy time casting it because it is in the time frame of all the other movies. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be able to throw in Andy Circus as as Claw. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, idea. Chadwick Boseman is going to remain T'Challa. Yep. I mean, it's it's really easy for us. I think that if we find one more character along the way that we can cast that that'll be really fun, but uh, anyways, so heist movies we can, think, we can see the, the montage of coming up with a plan, yep. something with explosions, because we know, that we know from other movies that that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other details that you want to throw in here, Brendan? Anything else that you're feeding to the writers? One thing I think would be cool is we obviously never hear from these Wakandan defectors ever again. So I think that over the course of the heist, Claw thinks about, do I really want to give a cut of this to these guys? I think I need to eliminate them. Before he can, though, they're actually hunted down by T'Challa as the Black Panther Uh and taken back to Wakanda. So he's got the plan all laid out. He knows the secrets of Wakanda, but nobody knows that he knows that. Okay. All right. I'm liking this. I think that in the last act is when he goes forward with his plan. He invades Wakanda. One very emotional scene that we also know happened from the original Black Panther was that... Wakabi's family has to die in this attack. Yes. Yeah. So his I think that he he could be he will be very close with his father. He's obviously still emotionally charged from that mm-hmm. event. So I think that when Claw comes in, he invades the borderlands, he blows up some of the parts of the villages out there, uh, get makes his way, again using that distraction of maybe a small army attacking Wakanda oh, so that yeah. he can sneak in and get some of the vibranium. Um, And at the same time has to figure out a way to kind of airlift it out before they capture him which we know they do Yes, yeah, maybe he can slip something into his pocket So when they capture him they think he snuck in to steal this not Hmm. pounds of vibranium Right sending in like a third unit that that takes it lifts it out. Yep uh, Escapes back to like maybe uh, some diplomatic land where the you know, anyways so we, we know that that's, that's all part of it. Well, that could set us up for if, if they think he's just a minor thief, they could say, all right, you deliver his punishment and are going to show him mercy, which is a huge mistake because he then kills Wakabi's parents. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you think that when he first goes in and they're doing kind of like the, tri- the trial for him, mm-hmm. is at the same time that he is orchestrating the larger heist that ends up killing Wakabi's family. I think so. Oh, okay, I like that, I like that. So he knew that he was gonna get punished at the beginning, get his brand, it's gonna look like he's just stealing like some, maybe not even vibranium. Maybe maybe he's just there grabbing some gold or grabbing some some other technology. And and that is when he's able to get the rest of the vibranium out. Do you wanna cast uh, maybe Wakabi's father? I feel like that relationship should be very important. That's true. A lot of the actors I'm thinking of that I would really like to see in something like a Black Panther movie all seem very young for this role. Marshall, do you have anybody possibly for uh, Wakabi's father?
1: What if we went with uh, Billy D. Williams?
0: Oh. That's interesting. I like that we already know he's on a Disney contract. Yeah. As Mm he's Lando. That's Um, true. He is an old regal man uh it feels like he could be a part of a royal family so uh, i'm there pluses and minuses of him already being a character in the disney universe sure what do you think bren i think that one of the people that i'm seeing that i think would actually be really good for this is uh ice cube one thing that i like about ice cube is i could believably see him as daniel kaluuya's father and i think that give him the right costume and get him some accent training I could believably see him as a warrior African king. Okay, yeah, that's pretty for, cool. For Wakanda. Plus, I think that he would have fun <laughs> in that role. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. Billy D could definitely be in it. I think he would be great as like a smooth-talking, I don't know, parliament member. Okay. Something like that. But I think as that father role, I would. I think Ice Cube has a, has the right look. Nice. That sounds pretty good to me. I think that the resolution of this film is just like at the beginning claw walking away kind of with a smile knowing that he's got this huge lump of vibranium yep at his uh at his fingertips now yep uh still probably very much unaware of what's coming in his near future what with losing his arm and being uh teamed up with killmonger yeah and and maybe even you we could hint at him getting a call from killmonger at oh, that's point. interesting. You know, it's yeah. back in. It's it's really close to when Black Panther is going to happen, and it seems like this is around the time when he would start, have to start talking to, uh, to Killmonger. Yeah, that's good. We we haven't answered one question though, and that is where do we find Mister Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> because in this universe, he's on Sakar or a waiter in, uh, in Norway. <laughs> 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 well, to me, I think we stick with his sikar persona. It's a much better role for him. Yeah. Usually, I give him a lot more of a speaking role, but I think that what would be fun is just him kind of in the background, kind of perusing through. That's a thing good idea. Yeah, yeah. And Just being like weird and and Jeff Goldblumy. I think seeing him, especially dressed in his sikar attire, looking through a black market arms place would be pretty interesting. Oh, that would be fun, yeah, because then you know he's, like, searching for things for his champion. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. Right, right. We could could just have him be like, I need it bigger. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Oh, man, I really like this movie. Do we have an idea for a name or title for this film? Probably just Claw. Claws Out. Claws Out.
2: Claws Out.
0: I mean, I I, I think that, you know, all, all the villain movies just go with the name. That's true. Uh, no U- matter what Ulysses we see's claw is just gonna just inevitably be what it what it will draw in the audience. No matter how clever we get with this, if you look at all the titles of their upcoming shows, it's like Hawkeye. Hawkeye. WandaVision. Loki yeah. Miss Marvel. It's literally just <laughs> where they <laughs> are. Black Panther. Yeah, well, it's I going think it's to gonna, be claw. Yeah. I think it's gonna have to be like Black Panther three yeah. like Claw Claw, Ragnarok, Claw Ragnarok, (laughs) Claw Ragnarok. The the like the trial of Claw of Ulysses Claw something like Mm. that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. like that. Mm. Which will eventually be shortened in the Disney uh, studio by it to Claw. Yeah, Claw. So so Black Panther three Claw. Yeah, or the trial. Oh, I see. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think it has to be. I think it has to be a Black Panther movie. Interesting. Okay, but yeah. So Black Panther three. I don't know. What do you think? I think that because it's so it's already so interwoven everybody is just in each other's movies like it doesn't matter. I think so, people would accept it if we just called it Claw. Yeah. And had the Marvel like, But Studios it will brand. be spelled the way that it's spelled in the movies. Yes, that's essential. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I like it. Powerful. Powerful awesome. stuff. This movie is worth at least 4 million dollars. Absolutely, yes. Right. Yes. So, uh if that's true and we each get 1.25 uh-huh. during the last .25 with Landis, what is everybody going to do with their money? Keeping in mind that you will must spend it as quickly as possible mm-hmm. in order to avoid taxes.
2: Yep, that's, that's a fair. given. That's
0: Marshall, what are you going to do with your one point two five million? I think what
1: I wanna do Is create a model of Thor's hammer
2: okay okay
1: and I I think it'd be I think it'd be cool one to just kind of have but also I think it'd be cool if you could like somehow somehow change the weight of it so it has like a you know it's got a it's got a purpose you know it's like for you know it's like a dumbbell kind of but it's Thor's hammer
0: what you could do is because you have so much money to play with Maybe you can make a Thor's hammer that only connects with your fingerprints. Oh yeah, maybe if you're Jeez. you're wearing like a glove, and that's yeah. The only time it... the weight gets distributed in such a way that if your hand isn't on it, it's not coming up.
1: My God, I can't believe I didn't think of that. I was trying to think of a way like only
0: I could lift it, but that's that's perfect. That nice. is pretty cool. I'm yeah, sure. that's a good like one. That. Awesome, Bren. What are you going to do with your one point two five? I am going to invest in the closest thing to that regenerative uh, technology that I can find. Nice. I think that it's such a cool idea, and the fact that it feels like the real thing on Hawkeye seems interesting. So I just want to see what can I do to get us to that point. Yes. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future. (laughs) I feel like it'll make me a lot more money down the line. (laughs) my idea is i would like to work with disney to be featured in and also be allowed to plan my own marvel themed parade huh in disney oh that's a good idea what do you think about that yeah I, i think that i I shouldn't have to pay in to make something that will obviously be very profitable for them. Sure, yeah. But I think that what I'll be paying for is the right to be whatever superhero I want to be that day. That's a, that's so a good. So I'll idea. get to cast myself in whatever role I I am, uh, and then I'll pay for all the floats and all of the other you know actors, and it will go for as long as it takes to run out of one point two five. But that's yes. great. So a great Marvel themed parade that I'm in at Disney World. I, I would love to see it. Thank you, thank you. I'll invite you all. I'll also pay for your tickets nice. on the day of. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. We have come to the end of season three of Bit Party. Took us a minute to get there, mm-hmm. but it was a wonderful season, a wonderful ride, a great last episode. Uh, even though we were a little out of practice, I had a lot of fun.
2: Yep, yep. I'm solid proud of pitch, you guys.
0: solid pitches. Yeah. Oh yes. I think that that puts us in a good place to end the season and head into the break and be rejuvenated when we get back in uh, August. Yeah. Bren, Perfect. can you sign us off? Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. For Bit Party and the Cotta Brothers, I'm Brendan Cotta. I'm Jared Cotta.
1: And I'm Marshall Cotta. Look out for Claw, coming to a theater near you.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to Season 3 of BitParty. Don't forget you can like, share, and subscribe on either Apple or Spotify. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at bitpartypod. And if you'd like to send us an email, we're bitpartypod at gmail.com. BitParty now has t-shirts available. Just go on Amazon and search Cotta Brothers to grab yours now. Season 3 may be over, but be on the lookout for new episodes of our Bit Party Shorts, as well as some entirely new Cotta Brothers content coming soon. Everybody stay healthy and safe out there. We'll be back in the summer with all new full episodes.